Well, everybody, welcome to God Squad Church. If you're just tuning in currently right now, my name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the privilege to bring you guys the message today. And we're going to be continuing through Luke chapter 12. We've been in Luke chapter 12 now for some time. We've been in Luke for a fairly long time. It's been well over a year at this point. I've been really enjoying it, though. Uh, Luke is just such an interesting book of the Bible. Luke is Luke is very long. Luke is a long—he was a physician. He, he needed to have some details written down, you know what I mean? So Luke is a little bit longer. He dives into things just a little bit more detailed than what the other Gospels do. All their Gospels have their different forms and different ways that they, they say things, but Luke is very interesting. And today, I've entitled this sermon, Where is Your Trust Today? And, and, and the idea, we're going to talk a lot about worrying today. If you remember last week, we talked a lot about greed and coveting, and today is actually going to correlate along with last week's sermon. But the idea of worrying, it can really have devastating effects in our lives. And instead, instead of uh, putting all of our attention on worrying and being fearful or being anxious about things, to turn our attention to seeking the kingdom of God first and analyzing our lives to see where our treasure is. Because where our treasure is, as we will read, is where our heart is. And so we need to understand where our trust is in those moments. Now, before we dive into this fully, I want you guys to do something for me. Can you guys put a seven in a chat if you guys have ever played a survival game, a survival-based game before? Uh, these games, I think there's a new one out actually called Power World. I'm hearing it's like a mix between, I don't know, it, it looks like Rust, but it, it, it's like Pokemon. I don't know if that I don't I don't know if that's the case. I have not played it yet. I haven't watched a lot of it. I've only watched very few, but but there's a new game, Power World. I don't know if it's even a survival game, so don't quote me on that one. It looks like it. Um, but Valheim, Rust, maybe you've played the game Ark, uh, survival world or survival mode in, in Minecraft. Uh, I've never played this one before, but Don't Starve, Grounded is another one. These are survival-based games and uh, a lot of people love these games. And so maybe you've never played one or you don't know what a survival game is, but a survival game basically is this. You're put into a game with literally no resources. You don't have any gear. You don't have any clothes. You don't have any weapons. You don't have no shelter. You have no food. You have absolutely nothing. It with absolutely no instructions, basically. You need to go and you need to find out how to survive. How do I survive when I have absolutely nothing? So I want to give you guys a little bit of a tidbit of my first trip into Valheim. It was very interesting. Myself and the staff at God Squad Church, we got to, to work on our separate houses that we had because we thought this was the best way of doing things, which we fairly quickly after a couple weeks found out this was not the best way. We need to have one home base to be able to do things. And then what would we do? We'd go out and we would go and explore, sometimes alone, sometimes together. Pastor Amanda had built her house on the edge of the dark forest. Uh, her house, because it was there, had some encounters with uh, some trolls as we were trying to run away from them. So her house sometimes got a little bit a little bit destroyed. She ended up putting fences up around her house and stuff like that. It's a very, very awesome house, by the way. Um Pastor TJ was the first to learn how good honey was and, and how good it was in the game and how to actually get honey. 
Merrick was the person who was who who had built a fireplace in her house and she was able to craft things and be able to build things in ways that we didn't understand. You know, our first fireplaces was our whole entire building would start filling with smoke, but she was smart. She put a little hole. She actually made a little fireplace for herself. And Solux and Pastor Amanda, they were both obsessed with just learning that you could create a flower crown that provides you absolutely no benefits from this flower crown at all. It, it, it was just a flower crown, and that was it, and they loved it. And for me, I just set out to go and kill as many animals as I possibly could because I knew I was going to need food in that game. All in all, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing, and we all had completely different tasks. So when we encountered our first boss, we were not ready. To be fair, I had no idea that the boss was going to show up. I just found this little stone platform that said to place two deer heads on it. And so I called everybody over, and the only person that came my way was Solux. And so I placed the two deer heads, and lo and behold, we had a massive deer about the size of trees come out of the ground or not come out of the ground, it kind of just faded into view with these little lights, and then it turned into a, a lightning deer, shooting lightning out at all different places, and me and Solux, we ran for our lives at that moment, because we didn't know what to do. We had to learn how to survive, and trust that the game had provided us with the materials, with the mechanics that it had, it, we had the trust that the game was providing us with what we needed specifically. So if we put in the work, we should be able to survive and be able to move on in the game. But the basic idea for what us was that we were worried about how to survive. Are we going to have the stuff? Are we going to have the shelter? Are we going to have the materials? Are we going to have the food that we need to be able to survive in this game? And so we're going to take a look at the story here. And Jesus is continuing to teach the people that are surrounding him. We talked about it last week. We had a bunch of people who came to see Jesus weeks and weeks ago when we first got into chapter 12. Thousands of people that are trampling on each other to get near Jesus. But while Jesus is teaching them, this one man gets up and he interrupts Jesus's teaching. Jesus recognizes that this man, he was not just asking Jesus to do something. He was actually telling Jesus to do something. But he wasn't telling him to do something because out of the good of his heart, he was doing it out of the greed and covetousness that this man was struggling with in his life at this time. So this whole entire teaching point was spurred on by this man who had a dispute with his brother. And as we were worried about surviving in Valheim at first, the first thing that Jesus says here is do not worry. Do not worry. And so let's read Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 28 to start. Jesus, it says here, then he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow, they don't reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth more than the birds? Verse 25. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to even do a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. 
If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? As I said before, we talked about greed last week. And this week, we're going to focus more on worrying, but the two are very closely connected. Greed is when you can never get enough. Nothing is all that you have. It's never going to satisfy you. But worrying is being afraid that it will never be enough. Let me say that one more time. Greed is when you can never get enough. Worry is being afraid that it will never be enough. And do not worry is a command from God. Now, <clears throat> I looked up a few resources because uh, I was struggling with something this week. And I actually talked to my wife about this command as well. And I asked this question, is worrying a sin or is it not a sin? I landed on both sides at one point. I landed on one side. My wife thought I was wrong. We talked about it a little bit. And then I went and looked up some more resources. And so it, I was really struggling with this. But I think the answer is both yes and no. You see, there are things to worry about in life, and they all land on this scale. But where is that line where it crosses into sinful territory? And I believe this statement is true from Shelby Turner. She says this. She says, I believe it's wherever fear displaces God as the center of your heart and mind. So if fear is the one thing that it, it, it is literally taking over your entire mind, it's taking over everything, it's taking over its place in your heart, it takes God completely out of the equation and you're fearing and worrying about everything, that's where she believes it crosses into sinful territory. And I agree with that. And I think most of us use this verse of do not worry as more of a guideline rather than as a command. Like, it's good not to worry or worrying is okay, but it's more beneficial to our lives not to worry. But Jesus, he doesn't say as a guideline, it's a command. He says, do not worry. But this is an extremely loving command from Jesus. Worrying causes devastating effects on our lives. The more stress that you have, it deteriorates your immune systems. It can cause issues and affect your uh, fertility. Prolonged stress affects the brain and makes a person less able to respond to future stress in their life as well. And stress is also related to heart failure. And there's so many other things that worrying and stress can really have an effect on your body. But then Jesus goes into the reasons of why we shouldn't worry. First, Jesus talks about the ravens. God provides for the birds. He provides for all the birds. So we should expect that God is going to provide for us. In fact, the matter is, we are created differently than anything else in the entire universe. Literally, God opened his mouth and he spoke into existence plants. He spoke into existence all the stars. He spoke into existence the, the plants. He, he spoke into existence the, the, the birds of the sky. He spoke into existence the fish and all the animals. Everything he spoke into existence. But when it came to man and woman, he didn't just speak them into existence. He formed them with his hands, and then he breathed the breath of life into us. There is something different. There's something different here that he's doing. It's a different relationship. We are more important than the creations that God created because we were special to him. There is something completely different about man. And so if God is going to provide for the birds, 
we should expect that God is going to provide for us as well and trust in that. But it's more important to note that the birds, they didn't just open up their, their mouths and expect in the morning that God's just going to rain down the worms and the food that they need to be able to feed them. No, the birds have to work for it. And I think that's the same for us too. We can't just expect to not do anything and to be able to receive food on the table, to be able to receive that or this. And I know that people struggle and I get that. But but the fact of the matter is, is we do have to do things to be able to receive what we need in life. It's not just, it's just going to be thrown together for us. Jesus is trying to help us understand here, though, what our value is before God. Many of us who worry over the material things in life, we have a low understanding of our value before God. We have to come. We, we have to come to the understanding that God values you in such an immense way, so much so that he would not just give us food, that he wouldn't just clothe us, but that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you so that one day we could be saved by his son, Jesus, so that one day our sins, that it would be forgiven, so that one day we could be in paradise with him and live with him for all of eternity in his presence. And I hope you know today how much you are loved and how much you are valued. He then teaches that worrying accomplishes absolutely nothing. Worrying doesn't add time to your life. Actually, in the Greek, in the, in the, in the original Greek language, it didn't mean to add more time. It meant to add another cubit to your height. Now, I don't need to be any taller. I'm 6'2", <laughs> but... But a lot of people would think, hey, if I was a little bit taller, this would be easier or whatever X, Y, and Z. But it doesn't add any time to your life, and it doesn't make you any taller. There's no benefit to worrying. And actually, not only does it, add to any, does it not add to anything, it actually harms us. But I also think it's important that Jesus talks about the grass as well. You see… He talks about the grass and how the flowers are clothed, how beautiful the flowers are because God cares for his creations. Flowers are beautiful. They're a wonderful thing to look at. They smell good. Flowers are a beautiful thing. But the thing is, is God cares for you even more. But I want you to understand something about the grass and the flowers. Not every single day is a sunny day. For the, for, for the grass and the flowers, they don't just need sun to grow. They also need clouds and they need rain. And as humans, I know that we don't like the storms that we go through in life. I know that we go through difficult challenges. I know we go through difficult trials, but we don't like those. But if I were to be completely honest, if we didn't have the storms that we go through in our life, we would eventually dry up and wither and we would die spiritually. I mean, think about it. The story, if everything was completely perfect, if, if every day was completely sunny, you would have no reason to rely on God. If everything, you could rely on everything in this world. You could rely on your money, on your house, on everything that you have in this world. But if you didn't have any storms in life, there would be no reason for you to rely on God at all. And so the storms and the trials and the challenges and all the tribulations that we go through on a daily basis, those are things that help us to grow. Those are, help, those are the things that help us to stretch in our lives so we can continue coming closer and closer and closer in a relationship with God because we're continuing to have faith in him that he's the one that's going to be able to get us through every trial that we go through. We have to have those storms. 
We have to have the rain. We have to have the clouds. Yeah, there's going to be sun as well. And all those things together, that will help us grow so we don't wither and so that we won't die. Next, I want to talk about the anxious mind. Let's be honest. Anxiety and worry, they go hand in hand sometimes, okay? And I know that. And I take nothing away from the people who struggle with anxiety, okay? It's a very real thing. A lot of people definitely struggle with it a lot in a clinical sense, okay? What I'm going to talk about today, I'm not going to talk about anxiety as if it were a condition that you were diagnosed with, but I'm talking about the anxiety that every human being is facing. Now, I'm not saying that these verses will not help people who are struggling with it on a clinical basis. I, I do think that they do. I think the Bible, I, I've seen God heal people from anxiety. I've seen people, God heal people from depression. I've seen God heal people from fear and worrying so much as well. I've seen all these things happen. And so I do think that this will help. But I do want you to know that I am going to be talking about more of the anxiety that we deal with on a, on a daily basis because every single human being does struggle with anxiety to an extent. So I want to read for you guys Luke chapter 12, verses 29 through 31, and it says this. Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. As humans, we love to have control over things. We, when we have control of things, we put a death grip on it and we, and we hold on for dear life. But Jesus gives a pretty simple statement here. He says, you don't have to have a hold on things anymore. You don't have to have control of everything anymore. Let them go and let God take care of them. Trust in him. Trust that God will take care of them. Jesus then separates two groups of people, those who believe in God and those who do not believe in God. Those who do not believe in God, he calls the Gentile world, okay? And I put air quotes around it because a lot – we're all like – most of us are probably Gentiles here, okay? The Gentiles were grafted into the tree, praise the Lord for that, that we were adopted into his family, right? But – those who do not believe in God, he says, the Gentile world, they seek these things. They seek the material things in life and are anxious about them. That's what their mind is on. They're fearful about, am I going to have this today? They're worried about, am I going to have this today? And that's all they're trying to do is they're trying to get more and more and more because they're worried that it's never going to be enough. But he says that those who believe in him shouldn't seek the material things first. They should be seeking his kingdom first. This needs to be the rule when you're ordering your priorities. This needs to be a rule in my life when I'm ordering my priorities to seek his kingdom first. It's wrong to think that seeking his kingdom first is just another priority that fits on the list. It's even wrong to put seeking his kingdom first as number one on our list. To seek first the kingdom of God means to make this the thing that we do in 
everything that we do. David Guzik states this. He says, for example, we rarely have to choose between honoring God and loving our wives or being good workers. We honor God and seek first the kingdom of God by being good husbands or by being good wives and good workers. So Jesus, yes, he tells us to stop worrying. He tells us not to be anxious, but he also tells us to replace those cons- the, 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 those things with, the con- with being concerned for the kingdom of God. And finally, Jesus says this. He says, these things will be provided for you. God hasn't forgotten about you. He sees you. He sees you in your needs. He sees you in your worries. He sees the battle that you're going through. He sees the struggle that you're having. He sees all that you are dealing with, and he's right there with you fighting against it. He's right there with you by your side every single time. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like that. I know sometimes it feels like, God, are you even listening to my prayers? Is there something better that I can do in my life? Do, is, there, is there a better way for me to be a Christian? It, it, did I do something wrong yesterday? That's a, No, 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 no. We have to have those storms. We have to have those trials, like I said before. But he is right there with you. He hasn't forgotten about you, and he sees you, and he loves you so much more than you could ever imagine. Keep seeking his kingdom first in everything that you do. The last thing that we're going to talk about here is trusting in God. Trusting in God. Luke chapter 12, verses 32 through 34 to end, it says this. Don't be afraid, little flock. I love that. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love what Jesus says here. He says, don't be afraid little flock. Listen, we might be a little flock, but we're his flock. We might be an unlikely group of people, okay? We might be an unlikely flock, but you know what? We're still his flock. We might be sometimes a little bit messed up. We sometimes, we, we screw up and we make things horrible and we do that as a flock, but you know what? We're still his flock. And because we're his flock, we're under the great shepherd. We're under Jesus. He is the one that is taking care of us. He's the one that loves us. He's the one that sometimes when we're going off the path and we don't know where we're going, he takes the hook of that of, 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 of his staff and he just draws us back in. Sometimes we go off so far and we keep doing it over and over and over. And sometimes the shepherd needed to break the legs of the sheep, okay? He needed to break the legs of the sheep. But you know what he would do with that sheep that kept going off? The reason why he broke the legs was so that they wouldn't wander off and get killed. And so you know what he would do? He would restore them back to health. He would take care of it. He would carry it with him the rest of the way. A shepherd, the great shepherd. We are under the great shepherd who loves us, who cares for us, knows our struggles, know the trials that we're going through, and he loves us. He is always caring for us every single day. Don't be afraid, little flock. 
Jesus also says that your father delights to give you the kingdom. You see, Jesus didn't just say my father this time. He says your father. This makes what he's saying to the group of people that he's talking to very personal for them. The people that are listening, it makes it very personal for them. You see, this could have a dual meaning for the people that are listening to him. First of all, they had the ability to experience the king firsthand while Jesus was living among them on the earth. But also, Jesus would ascend to his throne and leave the kingdom behind in the hands of, his, of the disciples. This is such a great calling that was also a promise of blessings, of protection, and provision. You have these things as well. Jesus gives a great test of discipleship as well. He's going through so much here, and he gives a great test of discipleship. And he says, giving, to give to others. Giving is the – listen, remember the person that started this whole conversation in the first place? The man who was – we called – what did we call him last week? The, 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 the loot grabber? We called him the loot grabber. He gives the cure to being a loot grabber. He says to give to the poor, to give your possessions to the poor. This man's saying, hey – Tell my brother that he needs to split the inheritance with me. And he says, give, give to the poor. Give your possessions to the poor. Give your money to the poor. Giving is the cure for greed and covetousness. This is a great test of discipleship. Are we giving of our time? Are we giving of our talents? Are we giving of our, of our treasures? We need to understand that this is something that Jesus continues to teach over and over and over again. Giving is the cure to greed and covetousness. And he continues and he, and he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The correlation of where your treasure is and where your heart is, this isn't just a suggestion. If your primary interest in your, is your treasure here on earth, if your primary interest is how much money you have in the bank, if your primary interest is how big the home you have, if your primary interest is how nice of a car you have, if those are your primary interests, that's where your heart is. That is where your commitment is. However, if your primary interest is all that Jesus has been teaching here, having a, generosity, a, gen, a generous heart towards others, Understanding that what you give today could have an impact on someone tomorrow for eternity. Giving everything over to God, your treasure will not be bound here on earth. Jesus had three phrases in this text that are so loving. He says, do not, be, do not worry, do not be anxious, and do not be afraid. So I ask you this today, where is your trust today? Is it in the material things of this world or how much money you have? Or is your trust in the fact that God is your provider? And really analyze that in your heart today. Ask yourself that question, where do you place your trust today? God loves you so much more than you could ever imagine. God is not just our pro provider, but he is our savior as well. For those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to know that God loves you 
like I said, he loves you so much more than you can imagine that he came to this earth. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the dead so that one day if you accept him, you could live your life in eternity with him. All these things that we try to do in life, all these things that we try to grab onto, the material things, the, 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 I don't know, you, like I said, all the money that we're trying to make in those things. Listen, we need to work. We need to be able to have those things. I get it. I really do. And we struggle with those things. But the fact of the matter is, is if we're placing our priorities first in the kingdom of God, he says, those things will be provided for you. You don't have to worry about them anymore. You don't have to worry about all those things. I will provide for you. But we got to believe that. Understand that we have value in that. And so if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life today, I encourage you, accept him into your life. If you're somebody who maybe you you said the the prayer before, or maybe maybe you really did, you, you, you really accept Jesus Christ, but you haven't been following him the way that you're supposed to, I encourage you, rededicate your life today. Reach out to him. Tell, tell him that you ask him to live inside of your heart, believing that he is your God, that he is your master, that he is your savior. Like I said, he loves you so much more than you could ever imagine. Reach out to him. Grab onto him today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for what you continue to do for us. I thank you that you gave us the three loving commands of to not be afraid, to not worry, and to not be anxious. And I know that a lot of us in our lives that we struggle with these things. I know that I've struggled with these things in my life a lot of the time. But God, I thank you that you give us three loving commands to not do those things because you care for your children. You care for us. God, I pray that as we go throughout this week, that we would recognize, that we would analyze where is our heart, where, where our treasure lies is where our heart is. Is our heart in the material things of this world? Or is our heart in being concerned about the kingdom of God and seeking that first among everything else or above everything else? Father, once again, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it gives life. We thank you that it can give us joy, that it gives us encouragement, and that you are our provider. God, you are a good God. And I thank you for all that you've done and all the blessings that you've poured out in our life. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen's in chat, guys. Who are you trusting in? Amen. Where you where's your treasure? Pastor Boss said it there, you know, who are we putting our trust in? Is it is it the things of this world or is it God, the one who created all things? Amen. So I want to encourage you, trust in the Lord. You know, in Proverbs 3 5, it talks about lean not on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledging God, right? And He's gonna direct our path. So we need not worry, like I said, even how the how the, how the world worries. We have a hope that is in Christ, a hope that is greater than anything this world has to offer, and that is Him, Jesus. So can we get some more amens in chat, guys? If it's your first time here, too, we want to celebrate with you. 
if you, if you say you know what i want to put my trust in the lord i've been trusting all the wrong things you said yes to the lord we want to celebrate you and we want to connect with you type in sph boy connect in chat fill that form out with as much information as you feel comfortable we'd love to know how we can serve you like i said how how, how we can help you on this journey because saying yes is, is the start right of it but god has so much more for you and he wants to do so much more in your life and in your family's life and just he has just a blessed life an abundant life he talks about in his word for you um you know it's, it's not a, a a life free of worry but in those worries and in those struggles we know who we put our trust in and as god almighty jesus christ our savior we put our trust in him every time and he meets us every time he never he's never let me down in all my 39 years on this earth he has been faithful and i continue to look forward to as many more years that he has in store for me and you know we love to like i said connect with you fill that form out with uh, much information as you feel comfortable uh, and also i want to just make mention you know your first time here this next part you know um it's it's, it's not for you but if, if you feel like on your heart that you want that you want to give we want to continue to thank all those who make it possible to make this gospel church possible that we continue to come and bring the gospel here on twitch on facebook on kick on youtube you guys are waymakers you know waymaker wasn't just for the week um um in december but it's it is for all year around and for you that are making a way continue to say you know what i'm going to continue to trust the lord with my finances we want to thank you in malachi 3 8 it says this it says will a man rob god have um yet um you have robbed me but you say where where have i robbed thee um in your tithes and offerings he, sa he says this you know growing up i grew up i, I didn't have a lot of um i didn't ha i have one sister right but I did grow up in um, in, in a men's men's a men's recovery home, and I one time I remember I saw somebody with my clothes on. I was like, man, that's my shirt. He, that guy has my shirt on, right? I'm like, what? It's, and many times we're like that with the Lord. We're walking around with with what He's given us, what He's blessed us with, and it's 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 his, it belongs to God, right? Everything belongs to God, but He's entrusted us with his, with our finances. And you know what? He says, how do you rob me? And we're, walk, we're walking around like that guy that was walking around with my t-shirt. And I was like, hey, uh, hey isn't that my t-shirt? And we're walking around with the Lord's finances. And it's like, man, like, Lord, I don't want to rob you. I, I want to give you back to what you give me. I, I want to be the one that comes back like, 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 like you've done so much in my life. I can never repay you. I can never repay you for what you've done. But, Lord, I want to give back to, to what you do. I want to give my tithes. I want to give my offering. I don't want to rob God. I want to give back. I want to encourage you. If that's you here today, you say, you know what? I want to continue to give. I want to continue to pour into this ministry. God's put it on my heart because I see what this ministry is doing. It's making a difference here on Twitch. And it ain't going to stop. God's going to continue to provide. He's a provider, but he uses people to say, you know, what? I want to be generous. He puts it on your heart. And, and, and in our heart, it's our, our, our life's not on our finances, but it's on our God. We know that as we give, as we continue to sow into the ministry, he continues to provide for us. And so I want to make mention, if, if that's you, you know, um, there's some safe and secure ways that you can give. You can, you can type SBH Point Give in chat, or you can go through our panels below and give through PayPal, or you can go to our website at GodSquadChurch.com, GodSquadChurch.com, and give there. Or you can text, if you live in the USA, any amount to 84321. It'll take you through a couple steps. You can give also, um, that way also. But I want to encourage you, don't rob God, right? Everything belongs to him, but give back what he's given us. He's given us so much. How can we not give back and say, God, look at I'm I'm thankful for the for the first fruits of my harvest, which you've given me, God. I want to give back to you. I want to see this ministry continue to go. I want to continue to be a way maker and see this ministry continue to reach the four corners of this earth. There's so many more out there that, that need to hear the gospel. There's so many more out there that are lost, that are depressed, that have no answer, that are here on Twitch tonight looking for an answer. Let me tell you, we have that answer. We have that hope. 
that is in Jesus Christ. So let us not stop. Let us not stop giving. Let us not stop pressing in. Let us not stop trusting the Lord with our finances. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for making this possible. It's because of you, the ones that have sown into this ministry, that this is possible. Amen.